Well, good morning, church. Hasn't it been a freezing morning? It's been absolutely cold. I don't actually remember it being so cold in Melbourne before. When I touched the steering wheel, my hands were frozen and I was driving like this the whole way to church. It was absolutely cold. But knowing Melbourne, it will probably get nice and sunny by lunchtime. Now, I was asked to speak today, um, but I haven't been told two very important things. I haven't been actually given a time limit. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's always a danger when you have a female speaker. <laughs> and I also haven't been told that the kids are going to be part of the service. So when I found out, I was like, oh, how am I going to make my message relevant both to the grown-ups and to the kids at the same time? I've, I've preached before, but just never preached to kids and grown-ups in the same place. But I was thinking that Jesus, you know, he never was hindered about having children with him. He actually says, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he always really embraced them and loved having them around. And in thinking about it this week, I thought probably one of the reasons why Jesus said so many parables It's because he had so many children around him all the time. And um, so today I'm going to try and make my message as less boring as possible for the kids so that they might get something out of it as well. And um, we might even try and get them involved at at some point so so that they will enjoy it as well. Actually, is there another microphone? There it is. Okay. Right. Now, we've been talking about, we've started a new series called Road to Change. And um, um, Mark spoke on it a few weeks ago, and uh, he spoke on changing our thought life and um, by taking captive every thought and making it obedient to Christ. Then he spoke on changing the way we view ourselves, that we must view ourselves as worthy of God's love and adoration. And last week, Daryl spoke on changing the way we handle our finances, our money. Now, which of the kids here, kids, well, they're all busy, they're not actually not paying attention to me. <laughs> Do you think it's important to save? Who thinks it's important to save? Yay, who's good at saving? What are you saving for, Noah? Where is my microphone? I keep losing my microphone. What are you saving for? You saving for anything special? You don't know? What have you been doing during the holidays? Oh, you're saving your money. That's an awesome thing to do during the holidays. What have you been doing, Caleb? <laughs> Ooh, where do you want to go? That's pretty cool. Oh, I would love to go there too. (laughs) I think, yes, I think saving too. So it's important. And that was a great message to hear from from Daryl. Now, today I was thinking that uh, I entitled my message, Change in the Presence of God. Now, I was thinking that on this road to change, the first question we really must ask ourselves is, oh, does this come off? Um, Is change what? 
Um, I mean, I could just leave this question up there and not say anything for the rest of the message because I think it's enough. I spent about a whole day this week just thinking, change what, Lord? What do you really want to change about me? I mean, I can't really stand here and tell you how you need to change. Well, sometimes we are good at that, aren't we? We are good at saying what, how other people can change and not really looking at ourselves. And I really can't tell you, but you know God can. He can tell you the areas of your life that you need to change. And um, God is really like one of your most trusted, honest friends. If you want to know which way to change, then ask God and he will tell you. He really will. But be prepared that he will tell you the truth. And sometimes truth hurts. It does hurt. But the truth can set you free as well. It is painful to know sometimes how long and how far you still have to go on this road to change. And I think it takes a lot of humility to recognize the need for change. It does take a lot of humility. We often think that we are good just the way that we are, or that we often think we want to do things our way and not God's way. So I encourage you that this week, at some point, you do spend some time, some quiet time with God, and take a pen on paper and just write a few things that you feel that God is saying to you, that some areas of your life that you that He would want you to change. Now, in thinking about change, I realized that sometimes I'm quite happy to go through change. Um, like changing houses or moving houses, um, changing jobs, changing cars, changing hairstyles. That doesn't always go right, but <laughs> changing furniture. I love moving furniture around my home. That's like one of my hobbies. And kind of, kind of gives Mark a headache because he never knows knows what he's going to come home to. But um, I love changing it. You know, it's sometimes a change is as good as a holiday, but other times. You know, change can be rather painful and difficult. You know, we are all creatures of habit and we are all stuck in our own ways. And we, we like to sit in church, you know. I was looking for my seat today in church, but Belle changed it all around, so I couldn't find my seat anymore. But, uh, you know, and other times, like when I lost both my parents within two years of each other, that was really hard. And it wasn't a change that I wanted to go through. And... Um, changing countries and leaving family and friends behind, that was difficult as well. So I think that it's not enough to just find out what we need to change. I think we also need to examine our attitude to change. So um, David says in Psalm 139, uh, it says, Search me, O God, know my heart, test me, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offense in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Do you see his attitude here? He's saying, he's not saying he's perfect. He's not saying he's got it all together. He's not saying it's all right. He's saying, search me, O God, and know my heart. Reveal to me some of the areas of my life that maybe I don't even know. Reveal to me some of the areas of my life that you want me to change. And then he says, and lead me, O oh God, lead me in the way of everlasting. 
show me the way oh god you help me change because i can't do it on my own you see david's attitude to change is an attitude of humility and obedience now we have really two choices we can either um, accept change and have a positive attitude an attitude like david's of humility and obedience and we can say lord have your way have your way with me you know the areas of my life you know what i am like you know me better than than anybody else lord help me change help me improve help me be more like you and have even an attitude of faith and expectation because the changes that god brings are always good or we could actually reject change and have a negative attitude perhaps an attitude of disobedience and pride and we say lord i'm fine the way i am i'm really not that bad you know uh it's i am good the way i am and it's too difficult and it's too hard and i've tried it before in the past and it really doesn't work and it's just too much of a burden i'll never change i'll never get better let me tell you this the road to change is yours and yours alone the road to change is yours and yours alone god may lead you others may walk with you but no one can walk it for you it's actually a decision that you have to make you have to be willing to take this journey yourself you need to desire to change otherwise it's not gonna work now um there may be roadworks ahead there may be things that we need to work on in our life there may be areas that we need to improve but the good news is the good news is that change is not a self-effort that god is really it comes from god and god is our agent of change and in this road to change we actually need to see god as our agent of change as our potter it says in isaiah 64 8 we are the clay you are the potter we are the work of your hands now who can tell me what a potter does do you know marias what does a potter do who can tell me right can you tell me what a potter does no no okay oh you can you tell me it makes pots it makes that's pretty good that's right what do you want to do when you grow up does it make gold uh no but that's close marias what do you want to do when you grow up be a chef be a chef what about you joshua closer mm. you don't know you forgot fabian you don't know what do you want to do caleb um i want to be a chef oh everybody wants to be a chef what about what about you i forgot you forgot a policeman that's awesome um i want to be um, i want to open i want to build a restaurant and be the owner that's awesome mark is gonna come and work with you i bet matthew what do you want to do when you grow up 
I want to be in the army so I can drive helicopters and a gunshipper. That's fantastic. Oh, this is so exciting. Let's come over here. Let's see some more kids over here. What do you want to do when you grow up? Do you know? What do you want to do? You don't want to say? A policeman. What do you want to do when you grow up? Did you think about it? No? Okay, well, you've got plenty of time to think and consider. That's fine. Now, on this road to change, we actually do need to see God as our potter, as our agent of change. He wants to take us, shape us, mold us, change us, transform us. And sometimes the change process can be a bit painful. But let me tell you, the end result is always beautiful. It says in Isaiah 66, 9, I will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born. Isn't that beautiful? I will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born. Now, sometimes we have to, be, to experience a bit of pain going through the change process. But the end result, it's always beautiful. We are being shaped into this new vessel. We are being rebuilt, renewed, rewired, re-whatever, <laughs> rebirthed, you know. And it's awesome to allow God to do that. Now, if God is our agent of change, and change can only come from Him and Him only, because apart from Him, we can do nothing. And it's not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God then we need to get better at doing this one thing. And it's called practicing the presence of God. I mean, change just naturally occurs in the presence of God. If you sit long enough at the feet of Jesus, if you soak in God's presence long enough, change will happen. I guarantee you, it will happen. It will take place and without much effort either from your part. Um, so let's investigate a bit further this, this area of change. So I've got two passages from the Bible that we could look at. So the first one is from the Mount of Transfiguration. Um, what happened is that Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and went up the mountain to pray. As he was praying, his, the appearance of his face changed. Can everybody shout changed? Change. Very good. You're all listening. Nobody's asleep. And his clothes became as, flash, as a flash of lightning. In Matthew, in Matthew, sorry, it says that he was transfigured before them. His face was like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. See, we all know the story. He was praying, and, and Jesus was praying, and Moses and Elijah appear in his presence, and his face just starts changing. He becomes like the sun, and he starts glowing, and these three that fell asleep, you know, uh, Peter, James, and John, they are like, whoa, what's going on here? And they are totally amazed by this, and they go, Master, it's good to be here. Let's put up three shelters. Let's stay here for a while longer. See, in this story, we see Jesus in the company of heaven. And even Jesus, who was perfect in every way, 
I mean, he was one that really didn't need to change because he was so perfect. Yet even Jesus in the company of heaven and when surrounded by the glory of God, he started to change. Now, this is another, um, uh, uh, you might be able to relate to this one more. It's another story of Moses. He has a similar mountaintop experience. He spends 40 days and 40 nights on the Mount Sinai uh, receiving the Ten Commandments. It says, Moses was there with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, he was not aware that his face was radiant. Everybody shout radiant. radiant. Awesome. Because he has spoken with the Lord. Now, change in the presence of God. He is so full of God that it starts to radiate. It starts to radiate. After 40 days and 40 nights, he actually starts to glow. Now, I think, I've been thinking that probably, and as I was praying, that probably the first sign on this road to change would be this. Oops, sorry, going the wrong way. Prepare to stop. Prepare to stop, not by the Mount of Transfiguration, not by the Mount of Sinai, but prepare to stop by the Mount of Radical Transformation. Prepare to climb up there on the Mount of Radical Transformation and be seated in the heavenly realm with Christ. Now, let me tell you, there are three realms. There is this earthly realm where our existence takes place, where, you know, it's your houses and our cars and our cities and countries and, and uh, our planet and galaxy and everything that's physical. And then there is the angelic and demonic realm where they wage war with each other. And sometimes it's called the mid-heaven or the second heaven. And then it's this. Then is the heavenly realm. Then is the realm where God, the, sometimes called the third heaven or the paradise, and that is the realm of the presence and the glory of God. Now, on this road to change, we need to stop and spend some time in this heavenly realm with God. And we need to say, like Moses did, God, will you show me your glory? Will you show me your glory that has the power to change and transform my life? The third realm, it's actually the place where every believer should live from, this heavenly realm. It's a place of rest. It's a place of peace. It's a place of tranquility. It's a place of authority. It's a place of victory. It's a place of transformation. It's a place of change. It's a place of the glory and the presence of God. I mean, if we can see changes happening in our life, if we are still far off from God, then it's really because we are not operating from this level. It's probably because we have positioned ourselves on one of the, the lower levels, perhaps 
on the demonic level or the angelic level or even the earthly level. If we do not at all place ourselves in God, then in the heavenly realm, then what happens is we are placing ourselves under the influence of one of the other realms. And then we wonder, then we wonder why we live lives defeated and discouraged and fearful and hopeless and without purpose. It's because we are not in God. We are not actually practicing the presence of God. See, in Romania, we have these beautiful, magnificent mountains, like the most incredibly tall mountain peaks. And sometimes in summer, with a group of, of uh, young people from our church, we'd go and climb up those mountains. And I always had to overcome my fear of heights. I totally hate heights. But let me tell you, it was worth it. Because every time we got up there to the top, I always... It, the view was incredible. It was just indescribable. It was this amazing scenery of just rolling hills and mountains. And you could see all the way in the distance to the Black Sea. And, you know, houses were like matchboxes. And people, like you couldn't even see people. And it was absolutely amazing. And every time I was up there at the top, I always got this sense of the presence and the glory of God. And I always thought of how really, how very insignificant and how very little we are and how very unimportant our problems are. I always got this sense of the presence of God. Now imagine this. Imagine positioning yourself not on that mountaintop, but all the way up there in the heavenly realm with Christ. Now imagine the view from up there. When you are up there in the presence of God, you begin to see God for who he really is. And let me tell you that God is bigger, way bigger and way greater than any problems that you are facing. Spending enough time with God what happens is it changes your perspective. It changes your view. It changes your behavior. It changes your attitude. Everything changes about you when you spend enough time with God. But this is when we stop having an earthly view to heaven and start having a heavenly view to earth. Now, practicing the presence of God produces inner transformation and change. And to get up this mountain and to soak in the presence of God, sometimes it's easy to say, but I actually spent some time this week and I said, God, will you give me some practical steps of how we can actually get up there, how we can actually get up to that level when we are so soaked in you that really life doesn't matter anymore, that we are so filled of the glory of God that we become radiant. But before we do this, I thought that we might sing a song for the kids. How about, can I ask some of the kids to come up? So any, any child, anybody that's primary school age, can you come up? Do you know the song Step by Step? We're moving forward. Otherwise, I'll have to sing it. Okay. <laughs> I hope this is not recorded. <laughs> All right. I was actually hoping that 
they, Ross would know the songs. Okay. So do you all, come on, let's have more kids. Come up there, the front, come quick. Joshua, Fabian. Matthew, do you want to come up? No? You're embarrassed? Okay. All right. So you have to follow my actions. Are you good at doing actions? Who's good at it? Yay. Okay. Oh, I can't believe I have to sing on my own. Okay. <laughs> step by step, we're moving forward. Little by little, we're gaining ground. Every prayer, a powerful weapon. Strongholds come trembling down and down and down. I want to see Jesus lifted up. A banner that flies across this land that all men might see the truth and know he's the way to heaven. I wanna see, I wanna see, I wanna see Jesus lifted up. That was awesome! Thanks, guys! <laughs> now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, on YouTube, I bet. <laughs> okay, so very quickly. <laughs> oh, that was a good workout. Uh, <laughs> practicing the presence of God. So, step one getting to know God. It says, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection in Philippians 3.10. This is like we learn this in Sunday school, don't we? Um, that we must do our devotion, like 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes at night. You know, it's a bit of this getting to know God. It's like meeting a friend for, for a coffee um, and just a bit of getting to know them. It's this very basic get to know God level. And then it's step two, falling in love with God. Set your heart, everybody say heart, thank you, on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now, can anybody tell me how does it feel like to, to be in love? Can, can you shout a few things? What, does, what did you say? I thought you said painful. <laughs> so, can you tell me? Can... Exciting. Okay. What else? Wonderful. Russell, you've been married six months. How does it feel like to be in love? <laughs> Best time of your life. Anything else? Joyful, that's right. Now, at this level, you start acting like someone who is in love. You fall in love with God, and all you want to do is spend time in His presence. Like Peter, James, and John, you want to, at the Mount of Transfiguration, you want to spend increasingly longer and more meaningful times with God in prayer, in fasting, in solitude, like Moses could spend 40 days and 40 nights on Mount Sinai, you start saying things like, I just can't get enough of Jesus. Or saying things like, oh, I think we should pray more. Or saying things like, it's so good to be in God's presence. You start savoring each moment that you have with God. Like Peter, James, and John, you say, let's be here 
a little longer. Let's stay here a little longer in God's presence. Let's dwell in God's presence. You love it so much that you don't want it to end. And this moment that you have with God is so sweet. But let me tell you that if you stop at this level, it could just be one moment and not a way of life. You could actually just have a few sweet moments with God here and there. And then as soon as you depart, as soon as you, that ends, as soon as you leave God's presence, we are all back to our own ways and totally forget about it. It could just be one moment. So levels or step three says being focused on God. And it says set your mind, everybody shout mind. mind. Thank you. On things above and not on earthly things. You know that song, I'm not going to sing it this time, but no, no, I wouldn't dare. You know the song that Kylie Minogue sings, Can't Get You, well, I'm, I've started singing, <laughs> no, Can't Get You Out of My Head, but it's a bit like that. You just can't get God out of your head, that everything you do, everything, everywhere you go, everything just reminds you of God. God's presence is everywhere. He is with you day by day and moment by, by moment. You walk like hand in hand and your thoughts are focused on God. And you have like this constant conversation with God. Now, I can give you an example of that. Just quickly, you wake up in the morning, you have a pile of dishes in the kitchen, which I often do. It often greets me first thing in the morning. And, and, um, and you see them and you're like, it reminds you of the fact that sin is a bit like that. That if you just allow it to accumulate, and if you don't have Tanya over, who helps greatly washing the dishes. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw her face and it reminded me. <laughs> um, it reminds you of the fact that if you allow it to accumulate, then it mounts up to this big mountain, and it's so very hard to get, to, to get it right afterwards. And you start keeping short, that we must start keeping short and shorter accounts with God. You go past this fish and chip shop, and it reminds you of the story in the Bible where Jesus multiplies the fish and the bread, and you start saying, oh, thank you, Lord, for your provision and for your abundance and the fact that you can just multiply things in my life. You go to Target, and I don't know, it reminds you of the fact that you're maybe interceding for someone or something, and it reminds you that you have to prayers that are targeted and specific and you go to Safeway and it reminds you that it's the God's way is the safe way and you go past the gym and you say I'm never going in there because that <laughs> that place is evil they have like these torture machines in there <laughs> it kind of reminds me a bit of hell you know <laughs> so then you go right past it and <laughs> And then you go, <laughs> you go to the shops, you know, and then you go to the fitting room, of course. <laughs> you try on a top and it's one of those large sizes and it still doesn't bad enough. 
and then you think maybe I should have stopped by the gym. No, no, no. You think I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Everything, everything reminds you of God. You see people at the checkout, you start praying for them. You walk out, there is an ambulance driving past. You start praying for the person that's in the ambulance and every person that you meet. And your heart, your mind is like this constant pattern where your thoughts evolve and revolve around God. Now, when you start practicing the presence of God at this level, everything just becomes an act of worship. You are in the company of Jesus, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and in the presence of God 24-7. Amen? Everybody said? Praying without, it's like praying without ceasing. It's not having this big formal prayer. It's just simply talking to God, a simple conversation with God. Yet this is not enough. It's still not enough. Step four is reflecting and radiating God level. We with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory. Everybody said? Thank you. And are being transformed into his likeness. Now, transformed into his likeness. Have you ever noticed how a married couple, isn't that weird that they've been married for a long time and they start looking like each other? <laughs> and, and then, not just that, but they start acting like each other. It's something about spending time with a person, isn't it? The more we spend time with God, the more we become like him. He is like the sun. He radiates warmth and love and joy. And as you spend time in God's presence, you are being changed and you start glowing and it's like this river that invades of love and joy that invades your heart if we truly practice the presence of god properly then we would start radiating like the sun now it says that we with uh, unveiled faces all reflect the the Lord's glory. Now imagine if Moses came off this Mount Sinai and just came and covered his face, yeah, as he came down. He wouldn't be ra radiating and reflecting God's glory, would he? He spent 40 days and 40 nights in the presence of God, pretty powerful. He was pretty filled with the presence of God, yet he had the option to just cover it or to allow it to shine. He was not ashamed to allow the glory of God to shine through him. And we should not be ashamed to allow it either. If it's inside of you, then we need to allow, allow it to come outside. Once you soaked yourself in God, then I guess the next road mark or the next road sign would be go ahead. God would tell you to go ahead. Go ahead and be, go and be my messengers. Go and be my ambassadors. Go and represent. You've just spent time with me in the heavenly realm. Then go and be my representative. Go and represent heaven on earth. Go and impart a piece of heaven to everyone. 
that you meet. And as you, he will tell you, you have spent enough time with me. Now you are ready to go. Go ahead. And as you climb off this mount of radical transformation, you start noticing something. You start noticing that people are actually looking at you funny. And then you realize it's because you are glowing. People will look at us and say, this person has spent time in the company of Jesus. Amen.